0: Om namo bhagavati sriyarana chala ramanaya uh, namaskaram. Um, today I want to talk about uh, how are we to know what actually exists and what are the obstacles that are preventing us from knowing that as it is now. Um, in what is, it, what is it that actually exists? As Bhagavan says, um, for example, in the 13, verse 13 of uludunapadu he begins by saying, Jnana um, uh, tane me. That means oneself who is Jnana alone is real. Jnana here means pure awareness. So what is it that prevents us knowing ourself as we actually are? As he indicates in the next sentence of that verse, he says, knowledge or awareness of multiplicity is ignorance. So this is what is standing, it's our knowledge of multiplicity that prevents us from knowing ourselves as we actually are. Bhagavan says this in another way, in the seventh paragraph of Nāna. What he says in this paragraph is, uh, he begins by saying, yatātamai ulladu atma mandre." What actually exists is only atma Swarupa. Atma swarupa, at, swarupa literally means own form, but it's a word that is used in the sense of the real nature or the very nature. And atma means oneself. So atma is the real nature of ourself or the very nature of ourself. So what actually exists is our own real nature. Bhagavan says. So, since we alone are what is real, we alone are what actually exists, why do we not know ourselves as we actually are? He gives a clue in the rest of this paragraph. In the next sentence, he says, Sipil pole, Adil, uh, sorry, uh, Jagajibeshwaragal, Sipil pole, uh, Adil karpanegal. That means, the world, soul, and God are Karpane. Karpane means fabrications, or Im- imaginations, or mental creations, illusory superimpositions. Adil, init. Init means in Abmasarupa, uh, 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 sipil velipol, like silver in a shell. Like, in other words, like the, the illusory silver we see in a shell, uh, the, the world, soul, and God are just appearances uh um eva mundram ekakalatil tondri ekakalatil these three appear simultaneously and disappear simultaneously swarupa um swarupa may jagam swarupa alone is the world that is our real nature alone is the world swarupa uh, may nan swarupa alone is i Implies ego of a jiva, of a soul. Swarupa may Ishwaram, uh, Swarupa alone is God. Ellam Shiva Svarupa All is uh, is Shiva swarupa So all, so everything is only our real nature. But so long as we know everything, because all these the many things that we know, the world, soul, and God. Are just uh, fabrications. They're not what is real. They're just an illusory appearance like the silver in the shell. So, in order to know, how can we know ourselves as we actually are? Um, this is what Bhagavan's teachings are all about. Um to uh um oh uh, he's he also says the same thing in another way in the in the first verse of um of Anma Bigday. That is in the, as Murugana pointed out in the Anupalabi of uh, Anma Noya Tamakum Ulankai uh, Amalakani Poi Poi and Ori Mikumei Uludu uh, 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 Atma uh, that is oneself exists as so very real even for those who are simple-minded but an amalaka fruit on the palm ends as unreal that is usually if to illustrate that something is is very real and very obvious it, uh, b- very that is patently obvious so extremely clear the analogy that is often given in Tamil, it's often said ulunkai nelikani that means uh Nelikani um, uh, means the Amalaka fruit. So that means like the Amalaka fruit in the palm. That means something is very, very clear. But as Muruganah points out here, our self, our own existence is so very clear, even that Amalaka becomes, becomes something unreal in comparison. So the one thing we all know very, very clearly is our self. That is, we all know I am. We know I am more clearly than we know any other thing. But though, as Bhagavan says in this first verse, may I nirantaram um, tan ayadu or nayadu though one's self exists incessantly or, uh, and indubitably or uh, in, in in imperishably that uh, ayad or nayadu we can split it in two ways it can either mean indubitably or um imperishably other words we constantly exist without any doubt as real the one thing that is but the one thing we cannot reasonably doubt is our own existence, so though we exist as as indubitably incessantly and indubitably as real um udumbu uh, uh, may i muletu erum unreal uh, body and world uh, uh, rise sprouting as if real that is what actually exists is only ourselves. yet this body and world appear as if real. What is the cause for the appearance of this body and world as he He doesn't say explicitly here, but he implies in the next sentence that it is thought, because he then uh, goes on in the next sentence to say, when unreal darkness pervaded thought is dissolved without uh, reviving even an iota, in the reality pervaded heart space, oneself, the sun, implying the sun of pure awareness, certainly will shine by oneself darkness will cease, suffering will end, happiness will surge forth. Um, So the implication here is that thought is the obstacle. It's it's thought that causes the appearance of the body and world. Um, And so if thought ceases, the reality will then shine forth as it is. That is the implication. And he Further emphasize this in the next verse, but I, I, I will not deal with the next verse immediately. Um, so, to, to understand how we can know what is, what is real, what actually exists, the term in Tamil for what exists is Ulladu. Ulladu literally means what exists or what is. Uh, so. Uh, this is the subject of the first Mongolam verse of um, Ulladunapdu. What Bhagavan says in this first Mangalam verse is, Ulladu alladu ulladu. Um, this sentence can be interpreted in several ways. The, the basic meaning is, if what exists were not, would existing awareness exist? That is, if there wasn't something that actually exists, could be, could there be any awareness of something existing, or could there be any, could there be any, could any awareness exist? The fact that we are aware means that we actually exist. Is the implication that can that sentence can also be interpreted to mean, except as. Ulladu, what actually exists, does Unabu exist, does the existing awareness exist? In other words, what actually exists is only the existing awareness. And uh, that Unabu can also be taken as an awareness to think. So that sentence can also be taken to mean, other than Ulludu, is there an awareness to think of it? Um, but uh, uh, the, the basic meaning is, if, if Ulladu did not exist, would there be an existing awareness? Um, and then he goes on to say, Ulla uh, um ulla lara, ulla te, ulla dal. Since the existing substance, ex- uh, what he refers to here as ulla is what he referred to in the first sentence as ulla du. That ulla but, du but, means what exists. Um, Ulla means the substance that exists, the reality that exists. So, ulla ullalara, ulla lara, ulla te, ulla dal. Since the existing substance exists in the heart without thought or without thinking, a bit, then I was devoid of, uh, of of thought. Ulla menam, ulla paral, ulla Who? Um, uh, how to think of the existing substance? Um, uh, how to uh, Evan can mean how to or who can think of the existing substance? So, since since the reality exists in the heart, that means deep within ourselves, in the very core of ourself, in the very centre of ourself, since it exists there without thought. That is beyond the range of thought. How can we think of it? How can we, as the mind, know that reality that exists beyond thought? And he, thats the question he asked. Oh, and that reality not only does it exist in the heart; it, it, it is itself the heart. In other words, uh, when Bhagavan talks about heart, he, it, heart is a is another name for our real nature for what we actually are. That is, the center of ourself is what we actually are. Um, so, ullalevan. Who can or how to uh, think of that existing reality? That is, how to meditate upon what actually exists? The answer he gives is ullatei ullapadi ulade ullal. That means uh, um, being in the heart as it is, alone is thinking of it. So the heart is that which, uh, the heart is, um, oh, being in the heart as it is, that means, uh, as, as it is, means as that Uluparal, which is called the heart, as it is. So how is it? Firstly, it is it exists as awareness, the existing awareness, as he indicates in the first sentence, and it is beyond thought. So we have to remain just as pure being, as pure awareness, without thought, that is meditating on it, um, know this. So uh, to understand this more uh, uh, more uh, clearly, um, we, it's useful to uh, come to Up- uh, Upadesha Undia. In Upadesha Undia, verse 23 Bhagavan says much the same thing, but in a, in a more compact way. What he says in verse 23 is, ulladu unara, uh, unavu verin mein, ulladu unavahum. That means, um, uh, because of the non-existence of any awareness other than what exists, to be aware of what exists, what exists is awareness. That is, if, if to, to know what exists, there cannot be any, other, any awareness other than it. Because if there was an awareness other than what exists, it would be a non-existent awareness. Because whatever is other than what exists is non-existent. So uh, there cannot be any awareness other than what exists to know what exists. So what exists itself is awareness. And then he concludes that verse by saying... Unave namai ulum. that awareness, that is what exists, is the implication. Unave, awareness alone, exists as we. That is, we ourselves are that awareness which is what exists. So what exists is only ourselves. What actually, as he said in the seventh paragraph of Nana, Mandre, what actually exists is only the real nature of ourself. So that what actually exists is only awareness and that awareness is ourself. As he says in verse thirteen of Uludu Napatu, uh Tane Me, oneself who is awareness alone is real. So uh that that What actually exists is that is awareness is nothing other than what actually exists, and what actually exists is nothing other than awareness. What actually exists is awareness, and that awareness, which is what actually exists, uh, alone is what exists as we. That is what we essentially are, is nothing but that existing awareness. So, since we are that awareness. Uh, that that exists that existing awareness the uh, as Bhagavan referred to it as in verse in the first Mangalam verse of Uludu Napadu. Why is it we don't know ourselves as such? Bhagavan gives the uh, indicates the answer to that in the next verse, in verse 24. Uh in verse 24, instead of referring to uludu, he refers to Isa. Isa means God. In this context, Isa because as Bhagavan said in that uh, seventh paragraph of of um, of Nana, it is Swarupa alone that appears as the world. It is Swarupa alone that appears as ego. It is Swarupa alone that appears as God. So what uh, what God actually is is only Swarupa, only our own real nature. So God, what he referred to in verse twenty four as Ulladu, uh, what exists, is what he refers to in this verse, 25, as uh, Isa. And what he says in, in verse 25 is, isa That means, by existing nature, God and soul are just one substance. What he means by by existing nature, is, is the, uh, our existence as a as as mere being, as a pure being, as what actually exists? So, in in our in in our essential being, we and God are just one substance. That one substance, or, or is is itself our existing nature. That is that one substance, but is the reality of both God and ourselves. Is what he refers to as Ulladu, what actually exists, and that is awareness. So since we and God are just one substance, why does it seem to us that we are something separate from God? That is, we consider God to be something very, um, in every way, superior to ourselves. We seem to be a limited, finite jiva, limited in time, limited in space, limited in uh, knowledge, limited in power limited in every, uh, in every respect, and God we consider to be unlimited in every respect. So what is it that makes us seem to be different from God? Bhagavan answered that in the last uh, line of this verse. He says, upādi unavē veru. Uh, that means, upādi unavu means, uh, upādi means adjuncts. Uh, unavu means awareness. So, Awareness of adjuncts alone is different. That is, though what we actually are is nothing other than God, because we are now aware of ourselves as a set of adjuncts, we are now aware of ourselves as I am this body, so long as we we identify ourselves with this awareness of adjuncts, uh, we uh, we seem to be separate from God. So, this alone is what makes us seem to be def- different from God. So, the. Uh, the logical implication, he points out in the next verse, verse 25. What he says in verse 25 is, Tanei upadivittu tan tane unavadam. That means knowing oneself, leaving aside or without uh, adjuncts, is itself knowing God. Tanai olivadam dal. Because of shining as oneself. That is because God shines as the reality of ourself. If we know ourself without adjuncts, that itself is knowing God. Because ourself minus adjuncts is God. That is what ourself plus adjuncts is ego. Ourself minus adjuncts is God, is the reality, is uladu. So this is how we are to know God. Bhagavan uh, approaches this from a slightly different way in Uludu Napadu. In Uludu Napadu, in verse 7, he uh, he points out uh, what, what he says in verse 7. He talks about two things, uluhu, which means world, and aribu, which means awareness. But what he says about awareness here, is not he's not talking about the real awareness here. He's talking about the awareness but knows the world. In other words, the mind. So in this context, arivu means mind or ego that the awareness but knows the world because he says, uh arivu andrai uditu odungum enam Though the world and awareness arise and subside. Uh, uh, simultaneously so here the awareness he's talking about is not the real awareness because the real awareness as he says in verse 24 of Ludenabdu, uh satchit udiyadu so satchit does the real awareness that it never rises but the awareness that rises and subsides simultaneously with the world is is, is only Um, ego or mind so here he's using arivu awareness in the sense of ego Um, so I'll just paraphrase it slightly though the world and ego rise and subside simultaneously ulhu arivu tanna'al Oli uh, the world shines only by awareness. The world shines only by ego. That is, it is only in the view of ego, but the world seems to exist. So, ego is the light, but uh, but uh, by which the world shines. Without ego, without the mind, there's no such thing as world. In the previous verse, he had pointed out. In verse six, he pointed out. Uh, he said, "Uluhu I'm pulangal uru." The world is a form of five sense impressions. There, Andrew, not anything else. So the world is nothing but these five kinds of sense impressions. In other words, sights, sounds, tastes, smells, and tactile sensations. If you take away these five, there's no such thing as world. All that we know as world is only these five kinds of sense impressions. And then he goes on to say, um, uh, um, of I'm pulling, I'm pori ku pulling. Am five uh, uh, sense impressions are impressions known to the five uh, uh sense organs. uh Ulahei, manam on dry or on I'm pori vial on in talal since the mind since a mind alone knows the or sent one mind or the mind alone knows the uh the world by the by by way of the five sen- uh, of the five sense organs um manate andri ulahu undo is there a world above the mind so the world has no existence above the mind is what by implies here so and not only does the world not have an existence independent of the mind, it doesn't shine independent of the mind, is what he implies in this seventh verse. Though the world um, and the mind rise and subside simultaneously, it is by the mind alone that the world shines. And then he goes on to say, Uluhu aribu tondri marivajaku idanai tondri mariadu rum." Uh uh Akte uh, that is um the 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 substance uh, that that is uh means substance. It is a Tamil word but is more or less equivalent to the Sanskrit word vastu. So the the, the reality or substance, but uh, the real substance that shines without appearing and disappearing. Tondri mariadu. Uluhu um, Aribu as the as the base or the, the ground for the, uh, or the, the, the foundation for the appearance and disappearance of the world. That is Bhagavan often used to compare our real nature to the screen. The screen, the screen in the cinema, the screen is always present, whether the pictures appear on it or not. The screen is ever shining, so like that, the, the real substance exists without appearing and disappearing, as at the, at the screen on which the world and the mind, which uh, and the awareness that knows it, uh, appear and disappear. So that that uh, that which uh, which shines without appearing and disappearing as the ground for the appearing and disappearing of uh, of ego and the world that alone is the uh, uh, sorry, um uh oh sorry, that which shines without um without appearing and disappearing as the ground for the appearing and disappearing of the world, that alone is the substance, which is the whole. So here he's talking but what he referred to in the first mangalam verse as ullaporul is what he is the same porul he's referring to here but one underlying reality and there he said it it, it uh exists in the heart without thought um uh, here he says it exists without appearing and disappearing it shines without appearing and disappearing it exists without appearing and disappearing and he also says it is poondram Pundram is a Tamil word that is, uh, um, it's a Tamil adaptation of the Sanskrit word purna. So it means the whole, the the totality of all that is. So that is the poral. That is what actually exists. And so the, uh, the, the world is not real. The mind that knows the world is not real. What is real is because the world and the mind appear and disappear. But what is real is the underlying reality. So how are we to know that underlying reality? How can we see that underlying reality? He talks about that in the next verse, verse 8. What he says in verse 8 is, um, What that means is, whoever worships, in whatever form giving whatever name that is the way to see that substance in name and form that is generally uh, we we that that's that underlying reality is what we take to be god and we attribute to god as, as, so many different names and forms according to um, which name and form appeals to us and we worship that God in name and form so what Bhagavan is saying here is whoever worships that reality um, uh, in whatever form and giving whatever name that is the way to see that substance in name and form Paruruvil here means in name and form some people have taken this to mean, but it, but they take peruruvil. Ill is the is the locative case ending. So peruruvil means in name and form. Il can also be taken to mean uh, ilada, which is without name and form. So some people take it to mean that is the way to see that nameless and formless reality. Uh, peruruvil can be taken as nameless and formless, but. Even if we take it in that way, even if we take it to mean, it's true, but that reality is nameless and formless, but what type of seeing is Bhagavan talking about here? He's talking about seeing it in name and form. That is, if we worship in name and form, that is the way to see it in name and form. He doesn't mean that we can, but that is the way to see it without name and form, as he makes clear in the next sentence that is in the first sentence he the type of ta- seeing he's talking about is peruruvil uh in name and form in the next sentence he tells us how to see, how to see it uh un-may-il, in reality so um the uh he the, the, the he begins the second sentence with the word ayanum ayanum means however so he 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 said one thing in the first sentence and he's saying a contrasting thing in the second sentence so this word ayinum is very important ayinum however sometimes in in tamil verses but first in order to interpret a tamil verse the first thing we need to do is padachetam. that is we need to split the word up into words because in tamil the words are joined together by sandhi and the verses are split not according to the words but according to the metrical uh, feet so in order to uh uh Um, uh, understand the meaning of the verse, the first thing we need to do is to split it up into individual words as padachetum. But even that is sometimes not sufficient because sometimes in poetry, the the natural prose order of uh, words is not uh, followed in poetry. So sometimes it's also necessary to do what is called anvayam. Anvayam is rearranging the words in prose order. So here Bhagavan says, Am may un tan do some people have translated this as knowing one's own reality in the reality of that real substance. But what does it mean knowing one's own reality in that real in the reality of that real substance? That is not what is meant. If we if we dova and the, then it becomes clear what is mean. Uh, if we rearrange this sentence in uh, natural prose order, the meaning becomes clearer. I inum However, knowing one's own reality, a mayporlin unmayel or dungi uh Andrew Delay, subsiding and merging in the um in the reality of that real substance. Uh, so but when he says in the reality of that real substance, it's not knowing our own reality in that, it is subsiding and being one with that. On or o- o- dungi means subsiding, uh Andrew means um merging or becoming one with that uh that alone is Unmail carnal that alone is seeing in truth. So the whole of this verse, uh, the meaning of the whole verse is whoever worships in whatever form, giving whatever name, that is the way to see that substance in name and form. However, investigating the reality of oneself, dissolving in the reality of that true substance, becoming one alone is seeing in reality. In other words, we we can worship God in name and form, and if we worship God in name and form, we will see him in name and form. But that is not the real seeing. The real seeing is to invest, because God is the reality of ourselves. So investigating the reality of ourselves and thereby uh, uh, subsiding and dissolving in the reality of that real substance and becoming one with it, that alone is the is seeing in reality. That alone is the real seeing, as Bhagavan said in uh, verse um, twenty-five of um, uh, of uh, Upadesh Undia. But I read earlier, seeing oneself without adjuncts. Is is no knowing oneself without adjuncts is knowing God because God shines as oneself. So how to know that God, that under that uh, that uh, uh, the underlying reality, the portal, but shines as the base for the appearing and disappearing of everything else, it is by investigating the reality of ourself. By investigating the reality of ourself, ego will thereby subside and dissolve back into its own reality, in other words, that true substance, um, but the reality of that true substance, and thereby become one with it, and that alone is seeing in reality. Um, but this is the correct meaning. It's also made very clear by Bhagavan in some of the later verses of Urdanaptu. In verse 20, he again takes up the subject of, um, of, uh, of knowing or seeing God. What he says in verse 20 is um, in the first sentence he says, Kanum Tane leaving oneself who sees, tan kadule kanal kanum That that means uh, leaving oneself who sees, oneself seeing God is seeing a mental vision that what what he means by that is if we in, instead of investigating the reality of ourself as he said in verse eight if we ignore ourself and we try and we see god as something other than ourself we are seeing only a mental vision um and then he goes on to say the next sentence is a um a very very uh, it's very beautifully worded, but we we it, we need to pay very close attention to it to understand what Bhagavan is talking about. Because in this sentence, he uses the word tan. Tan means oneself. He uses it in very. It, it, he uses it several times. He says tanne, That's the accusative case form of it. He says tan. Um, he says uh, tan mudale. Uh, tan poi. A tan, so he's using this word oneself, so if we take the the literal meaning of this sentence is only one who sees oneself, the origin of oneself is one who has seen God because the origin oneself going oneself is not other than God. What he means by that is only one who sees oneself that that means only one who sees one's own real nature uh the the origin base or foundation of oneself that is when he says uh um uh um uh tan mudale. tan mudale means the, the 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 origin or base or foundation of oneself so one who sees oneself the base of oneself means one who sees one's real nature the base of oneself here, the base of oneself means the base of ego. Uh, is one who has seen God because oneself, meaning one's real nature, uh, which alone is what is remains when oneself, the origin or root of all other things, goes, is not other than God. It's very, very, that Bhagavan has packed a lot into this sentence. So the basic meaning is, only one who sees one's real nature, which is the origin of oneself as ego, is one who has seen God because the origin one uh, uh, oneself, meaning ego, which is the origin of all other things, when that goes, oneself is, in the absence of ego, oneself is not other than God, is the implication. So uh, this this makes it very clear that uh, what he meant in verse 8 when he talked about worshiping in name and form that is the way to see God in name and form but to see God in reality we need to investigate the reality of ourselves and thereby we need to merge in the reality of God that is seeing him in truth and he continues the same idea in in verse 21 what he says in verse 21 is um, um uh tan karnal oneself seeing oneself paledvan uh tanal seeing god ennum pal nul unme umme uh enin that means if one asks what is the truth of many texts that say oneself seeing oneself and, and one and seeing god so what do what, what is meant when when it is talked about in the sacred texts in the scriptures about oneself seeing oneself or oneself seeing God? What is meant? Bhagavan answers, Tanne tan Ebon, eban tan andral." That means since oneself is one tan ondral, how is oneself to see oneself? That how can we see ourselves when we are one? We cannot see ourselves as an object, obviously. So, how are we to see ourselves? And then he goes on to say, Kana uh, or uh, if it's not possible to see, implying if it's not possible for oneself to see oneself, Talevan Karnal Evan, how is it possible to see God? If we cannot see ourselves, how can we see God?" Then he gives the answer, very, very beautiful answer. Three very simple but extremely profound words. Un Adel Khan. Un means food. Adel means becoming. Khan means seeing. Becoming food is seeing. So, what does he mean by this? In order to see ourselves or in order to see God, we need to become food. We need that is. As ego, we cannot know ourselves as we actually are. As ego, we cannot know God as He actually is. In order to know Him as He as as He actually is, we need to be swallowed by Him. In other words, we, as as Bhagavan said in verse eight, uh, uh, um, in verse eight, He said. Uh, 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 tan uh, knowing Ondu means investigating or knowing investigating or knowing the reality of oneself uh, subsiding merging and becoming one with that dissolving in that that is true seeing. That's what he means here by saying becoming food is seeing. That is, we need to lose ourselves completely in God. So long as we rem- as we remain separate from God, we cannot know God as He is. We need to lose him- ourselves in God. In other words, as Bhagavan said in verse. Uh 25 of Upadesha India. we need to see ourselves without we, we, we need to see ourselves without adjuncts. So long as we see ourselves with adjuncts, we are not seeing God as he actually is. Um so we can we can see him as he actually is only by seeing ourselves without adjuncts. Seeing ourselves without adjuncts means losing ourselves in him, becoming food to him. As soon as we see ourselves without adjuncts, we cease to exist as anything separate. We are swallowed by him entirely. We become food to him. And then he continued the same theme in verse 22, again talking about seeing God. But here he takes it from a different angle. This verse 22 is an extreme. Well, all, each one of these verses is extremely important. This is very, very beautifully expressed by Bhagavan in verse 22. What he says, it's all, all one sentence. Matiku oli tandu, amatikul oli rum, matine Ulle Madiki madaki, patiil padutidital andri, patiye matial padit. Uh, uh, what that means is, except by turning the mind back within, to, in, completely immersing it in God, who shines within that mind, giving light to the mind, how to fathom God by the mind. That is, as Bhagavan said in that verse uh, 20, um, uh, 25 of Uludnafadu, of, of India, uh he said, um um where is it again he 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 said, uh knowing oneself, leaving aside adjuncts is itself knowing God Tandu uh, Tan no uh, knowing oneself without adjuncts is itself knowing God. why Tanai because he shines as oneself so in what sense does god shine as ourself god is the original awareness the light of pure awareness that is ever shining in our heart as our own being as i am it's only by the it's only that light of pure awareness that is ever shining in our heart as i am by which the mind is illuminated and it is and it's only by that by by uh, borrowing that light of uh, the original light, the light of pure awareness, but the mind is enabled to know the world. As he said in verse 7 of Uludanapdhu, it's by the, it's though the world and the mind rise and subside simultaneously, it is only by the mind, it is only by the mind that the world shines. So how does the mind shine? And how does the mind illuminate illumine the world? The mind illumines the world, because it is itself illumined by God, who is what is ever shining in our heart as our own being, as I am. So, since God is always shining in the mind, lending light to the mind, how is the mind to know God? The only way to know God is to turn the mind back within. That, that is, we can illustrate this with an analogy. If you have a dark cave and you want to see what's in, inside it, if you've got a mirror, you can hold a mirror outside and reflect the light of the sun, uh, 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 the light from the sun. We can reflect it into it. We can shine a, a beam of reflected light into the dark cave to see what's in the cave. So the reflected light of the mind is useful for knowing the objects of the world. But how can we know God himself? If, if you want to, if, you, if, if instead of, if you uh, lose interest in knowing what is inside the cave, and if you want to know the source of the light, uh, uh, which you're now shining into the cave, what do you have to do? If you turn the mirror, Uh, That is now pointing inside the cave. If you turn it back to face the sun, what happens? Do you know the sun by means of the reflected light? No, of course not. The reflected light is lost in the original light, the light of uh, the uh, bright light of the sun. Likewise, if we turn the mind back within, we thereby immerse it in God. That God is the light of pure awareness that is ever shining in our heart when we turn our attention back within to see who am i we are thereby uh turning the uh, that that mirror that was previously reflecting the light of the sun into the cave into to see the objects of the world we are turning it back towards god to see god as he actually is we thereby lose ourselves in god we get we become food to god we are swallowed by god and he alone shines so in this verse, Bhagavan is very, very clearly indicating that the only means by which we can know the reality is by turning the mind back within and thereby immersing it in God. In other words, we need to lose ourselves completely in God, as he said in verse 8, uh, uh, investigating and knowing the reality of ourself, and thereby uh, subsiding and merging in the reality of God uh, uh, alone is seeing Him, is, 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 is alone seeing uh, Him in truth. So, to know God as He actually is, we need to turn our mind inwards, investigate our own reality, and thereby lose ourselves in the reality that is God. So in all these uh, different verses, Bhagavan is pointing, uh, however many, however Bhagavan approaches the subject, he's always pointing back to the same essential thing. We need to turn our mind back within and immerse it in God, who is ever shining in our heart as our own reality. So what is the, uh, that is, as Bhagavan said in verse verse. uh, 24 uh, 20, uh, of Upadesha undia irukum irkeyal isajivagal orupoleyava that is by existing nature we and God are one substance that is God is our own being so how are we so what is it that prevents us from knowing him it is only the unavu. the unavu means the uh, awareness of adjuncts so To whom is this awareness of adjunct? This awareness of adjuncts is what is otherwise called ego. That is, when ego is the false awareness, "I am this body." When so long as we rise as "I am this body," we don't know ourselves as we actually are, and when we don't know ourselves as we actually are, we don't know God as He actually is. So we need to lose this ego. Is the obstacle? So, Bhagavan, all Bhagavan's teachings are. Focused on knowing ourselves and thereby getting rid of this ego. Because Bhagavan, like a like a great um a, 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 a really good doctor, will not be interested just in treating the symptoms of the disease. A good doctor will try to understand. What is the root cause of the disease? If you can tackle the root cause, then you need not worry about the symptoms. If you get rid of the root cause, the symptoms will 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 go of their own accord. So, but, uh, but second-rate doctors will just treat the symptoms. But Bhagavan is not a second-rate doctor. Bhagavan is the greatest of all doctors. So Bhagavan has diagnosed what is the what is the uh, root cause of all our problems. Uh, all our problems uh originate, I mean, all our problems boil down to one uh, fundamental problem that is ego. Ego is the false awareness I am this body. So long as we rise and stand as ego, we don't know ourselves as we actually are, and all problems uh, ensue. So after this verse, after verse 22, the next four verses, he goes on to talk about ego. So I've got another 10 minutes. I will quickly try and go through these verses because these are very, very important verses. What he says in verse um, uh, 24, uh, 23, I'll deal with this a little bit quickly. He says, uh, nan um uh um that that means this this body does not say i when he says the body does not say i that is a metaphorical way of saying the body is not aware of itself as i and um uh in the in the um, Kali Vemba version, before this, he added in another clause, Mati Iladal. Mati Iladal means because it is devoid of, uh, here, Mati means awareness. Because it is devoid of awareness, this body does not say I. Um, uh, so, as I say, does not say I is a metaphorical way of saying it's not aware of itself as I. Why is it not aware of itself as I? Because it's devoid of awareness. Here, what he means by body is not just the physical body. It means all the five sheaths. Because as he said in verse 5, uh, Udl pancha koza uru, the body is a form of five sheaths, composed of five sheaths. Therefore, all five are included in the term body. Um, aindum, Uh, uh, All the five are included in the term body. So what he means by body here is all the five sheaths. The five sheaths are the physical body, the anamaya kosha, the the life, the pranamaya kosha, that's all the physiological functions that animate the body. The the mind that means all the gross function grosser functions of the mind the manamaya kosha, the intellect, uh, the the vijnanamaya kosha, and the will, the anandamaya kosha. These five make up the body. So all of these are are jada, as Bhagavan said in verse twenty-two of Upadesh Undia. All the five sheaths are jada. Therefore, they are not. They uh, 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 they are not. they're Jada and asat Sat, he says. Therefore, they are not satana and They are not I who is uh, sat. We are sat chit. But these five sheaths are they're na- they are asat and they are jada They are not chit. they are neither chit nor or nor, uh, sat nor chit. Um so he begins by saying the body is not aware of itself as I. Then he goes on to say, Urukatum uh, Arum No one says in sleep I did not exist. Um, that that in other words we are all clearly aware that we exist, even in sleep, in the absence of the body is the implication. And then he says, Nan pin That means after one thing, I rises, everything rises. That's only when we rise as ego, everything else comes into existence. Um, in uh, and then the final sentence in the in the original Luludunapadu L- is uh, in the non en, uh, in the non engu erum endru uh, non matial n. That means investigate with a keen. Uh, a subtle and keen and sharp mind where this eye rises in the Kali Vemba version he says what happens when we if we investigate but thus in, that is in the Kali Vemba version he says in the nan erum, uh, nun matial that means when one contemplates by a subtle mind where this eye rises it slips away in other words, if we investigate this ego, it will slip away. That's why he said in verse eight, if one know, investigating and knowing one's own reality, if, if one investigates and knows one's own reality, then one will uh, subside and dissolve and become one with the re- reality of that ex- real substance, and that is the true seeing, then in um in verse. 24 the next verse he, he begins to describe exactly what this ego is that in the first sentence of verse 24 he repeats the same idea that he said in the previous verse jada udl nane nadu being sentient body uh, uh does not say i that means the body is not aware of itself as i satchit <inaudible> That means such it, the existence awareness, the real awareness, uh, uh, does not rise. So the body doesn't, isn't aware of itself as I, the body doesn't rise. But uh, uh, in between, one thing rises as the extent of a body, that is, since it is I, it's not, it's not the body, because the fact it rises, uh, it, it, it's, it's called I. That means it's aware of itself as I, so it's not the body, because the body is not aware of itself as I. And since it rises, it is not satchit. So it is neither the body, which is jada, nor is it satchit, which doesn't rise. But it rises as the extent of a body, so, this I that rises to the extent of the body, that means this false awareness, I am this body, it is neither such it, because such it never rises, nor is it this uh, body, because the body is jada and therefore not aware of itself as I. So, it's neither this nor that, but it rises in between. Rises in between means it partakes of the properties of both, it borrows its existence and its awareness from such it. It borrows its form from a body, so it borrows the properties of both, but it is itself neither. This is chit jada granti. This is the knot formed by the entanglement of chit. I mean, chit here means the sat chit, and jada. Jada means the body. When these two are conflated, as I am this body, that is that is called chit jada granti. Granti means not. Um, of course, chit is never bound to the body, but uh, in, in the view of ego, we are aware of ourselves as I am this body. I am is such chit. The body is uh, something different. These two are conflated and taken to be one. And so long as we rise as ego, we are bound by this, um, this, by this knot of false identification. So this is also bandham. Uh, it is jivan. Jivan means the soul. It is nupameva, subtle body, ahande, ego, ichamsaram, uh, this samsara, manam, it is mind. So this full that rises between uh, the body and satchit. Uh, this is what is called chitjadagranti, bondage, uh, jiva, uh, subtle body, ego, this samsara, and mind. And then I've just got a couple of minutes for the most important of all the verses. This next verse, verse 25, Bhagavan reveals the true nature of ego. And this is uh, that is the as as I said, Bhagavan diagnosed the disease, the the root cause of a disease, it is ego. And what is the if we understand the nature of ego, we will understand how to get rid of it. That is In this verse, Bhagavan ends by, in the last line, he describes ego as uruvatra payahande. Uruvatra means formless. It's formless because it's got no form of its own. Hei means an evil spirit or a phantom. It's an evil spirit or phantom because it's got no substance of its own. It borrows its form from a body. It borrows its substance from satchit. But it is neither the body nor is it satchit. So it, it neither has form, it has no form of its own, it's got no substance of its own. So it doesn't actually exist. But though it doesn't actually exist, so long as it seems to exist, it's the root cause of all problems. So what is the nature of this ego? As he says, urupatri undam, grasping form, it comes into a body into existence. That means as soon as we rise as ego, we grasp the form of the body as I. Uru patri nikam, grasping, and, uh, uh, grasping form, it stands. That means so long as we remain as ego, we continue to grasp the body as ourself. Uru, uru patri undu mikka grasping and feeding on forms, it flourishes abundantly. Since ego is formless, all the forms it grasps are things other than itself. So that this means by attending to anything other than ourself, we are thereby nourishing and sustaining this ego. That is, grasping form, it it undo means it, it, it feeds itself, it nourishes itself, and thereby it grows abundantly. Uruvittu, urupatrum, leaving form, it grasps form. So, the very nature of ego is to be constantly grasping form. But the most important thing of all, al If sought, it takes flight. That is, if instead of trying to grasp other things, if the ego tries to grasp itself, if it tries to know its own reality, if it, if it seeks its own reality, seeks to know its own reality, it will it will, it will take flight, it will run away. Because, why? Because we seem to be ego only so long as we're attending to things other than ourselves when if we uh, uh, if we turn back to uh, see ourselves to see what we actually are there's no such thing as ego to be found has anyone ever seen this ego we all know ego is causing us so much trouble but has anyone actually seen it When people used to ask Bhagavan, Bhagavan, how did this ego come into existence? Why did this ego come into existence? He said, First, you find that ego, bring it to me, then we can investigate how it came into existence. Because if we seek, if we investigate this ego to find out who am I, ego will. Uh, take flight, that little runaway. It'll disappear because it has no real existence of its own. It's just a formless phantom. Phantoms seem to exist when you don't look at them closely enough. If you look at them closely enough, there's no such thing to be seen at all. So, if we look at ourselves closely enough, this ego will take flight. And what will then remain, that is all do. That is the underlying reality. So, how to, as Bhagavan says, because, Becoming food is seeing how to become food only by turning our attention within and to see what we actually are. When we turn our attention within, this ego will take flight and he alone will remain shining as the one reality that alone always exists. Om namo bhagavate sri arana chala ramanaya.